I'm a Gemini, I'm a Ravenclaw, I'm a chaotic good, um, and I am totally fed up with the government. Episode of the Way She Sees It podcast. I'm your host, H.G. Warner. As you might have seen in the episode description, I am a writer, I am an activist, and I am a member of Generation Z. I'm turning 18 next month. And so I'm here to sort of give my cultural perspective um, from the point of view of someone who grew up in 21st century America. It's a project that I think is really important because we're always told as young people that we're going to be the leaders of tomorrow but people often won't let us speak today and i think that in the digital age that we live in right now i have access to technology and i feel like i should use it and thus this podcast was born um so i will be your host and i should probably tell you some cool things about me um so as i said before my name is hg i'm a published writer I have been published nine times, and you can read my publications on my website. I love researching American history. I do a lot of research on the American Revolutionary War. I've been into activism for about three years now. I am an ENFP, I'm a Gemini, I'm a Ravenclaw, I'm a chaotic good, um, and I am totally fed up with the government. Oh, here's an interesting fact about me. If I could go anywhere in the world, I would go to a hill in Scotland on a gray, rainy day, and I'd stand on the top of the hill wearing a white dress blowing in the wind, um, because I believe that everything should be done for the aesthetic. So today I'm going to be talking about something that I think writers hear a lot. This is a little bit of a cultural thing. Sometimes in this podcast I'm going to get political, sometimes I'm going to stay cultural, and sometimes I'm going to try to connect those two things, and that's sort of what I'm doing today. So if you're a writer, you've probably heard this before. It's the mantra that is told to writers all the time. I think it comes from the Anne of Green Gables series, and this is the idea of write what you know. Um, This is something writers hear a lot. It's something I've heard a lot, mostly from older people, and I've never understood this mantra. Um, I I think it makes very little sense because it's usually placed in the context of fiction. And to me, fiction is all about writing and exploring things that maybe aren't real, so how could you know about them? Um, So I, I think the idea when people say this is that writers have a set of, you know, individual experiences as human beings and should create from that. But... I I feel like the point of fiction is to explore something that maybe isn't necessarily something that you're familiar with. It's not to narrate your entire life to somebody, but I'm going to try to really dive into this concept, think about what it means as a writer, um, what it means in terms of culture, and also kind of how it ties into politics. So the question I think I'm going to start with, and then hopefully I'll be able to answer by thinking out loud, is is the idea to take familiar experiences and channel those into fiction. Is that what it's meant by write what you know? Um, and in that case, I could maybe understand that. I know what it's like to be a human being, 
but I don't know what it's like to be, let's say, like a male human being, right? So does that mean I can't write male characters? Or does it mean that when I'm writing a male character, I'm focusing on their maleness or on their humanity? In other words, am I channeling them from, like, my personal experience or from my broad human experience, I guess, is maybe the question that I would ask. So um, if somebody says, you know, write what you know, obviously the things that you know are very limited, but are you supposed to take them and apply them to an unfamiliar thing? This is unscripted, by the way. Um, This podcast is not going to be a scripted podcast, and I'll probably stop a couple of times to explain some things about this show because this is the pilot episode and I'm very much still working things out and you are very much along for the ride with me, so thank you. So I have here in my notes, I have a quote from Oscar Wilde, and this is in the prologue to The Picture of Dorian Gray. He wrote, No artist desires to prove anything. Even things that are true can be proved. So, I guess in the context of you should write what you know. Um, I I feel like this applies because you're saying, you know, this is a true experience, and I know that because it's something that I've had, and that's not what the point of your writing is necessarily supposed to be. I, I mean, I took a class one time at a college, and it was a it was an accepted students day and so you got to test a class in your major and um the professor told us there's different purposes to writing one purpose is entertainment and one purpose is enlightenment and so a a lot of times enlightenment is trying to discuss a certain aspect of the human experience or try to get you to think critically about something and some people might argue that okay well then you're trying to prove something you have a point with your book and you're trying to get to that but um In that case, you would have to know what that moral is and identify with what it is, I guess. So um, I feel like the quote from Oscar Wilde maybe ties into this concept of write what you know. Okay, so one example of a book that I'm going to use is one of my favorite books. It's American Gods by Neil Gaiman. And if you haven't read American Gods, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you haven't read any of Neil Gaiman's work, you should definitely read Neil Gaiman's work because he's incredible. I think he's one of the best writers of the modern age. And I think he's like a modern Tolkien. I think he's just incredible. Um, So American Gods, it centers around the character Shadow Moon, who is as the book begins, being released from jail and ends up embarking on a cross-country adventure with a god. So Neil Gaiman knows what it's like to be a man on a road trip through America. And I know that he knows that because he said so in his author notes at the end of the book. Uh, But he doesn't know what it's like to be um, just released from jail, right? At least I I I don't think he does. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what it's like to be on a road trip with a god, but, you know, I I could be wrong (laughs) about that. So, in writing American Gods, is Neil Gaiman channeling the theme and then adding the specifics? Is that what you're seeking to do as a writer? Like, do you take a basic experience and then interpret it through the lens of fiction? In this case, the experience of being a man on a road trip through America, 
which is one that, you know, maybe I can't relate to as the reader, but Neil Gaiman can obviously relate to as the writer. And then adding on these experiences of, you know, just released from jail and meeting gods and all this cool, awesome stuff. It's a very weird book, by the way, just to get back to how much I love this book, but it's, it's absolutely a masterpiece and you really should read it. Um... So I guess that that would be my follow-up question. And maybe this is a little condescending of me that when somebody is going to come up to me and say, you know, write what you know, or um, people have said this to me in response to reading things that I've shared with them. Um, I, I guess that for me, maybe it's condescending to have a bunch of follow-up questions to that. But obviously I don't actually ask somebody, okay, well, what do you mean by that? You know, when they come up to me and they say, you should write what you know, or or I hear online somewhere, you should write where you know, I'm not going to go into the comment section and go, okay, what do you mean by that? Um, but maybe, maybe I should, maybe if people talked through these things more, we might understand them instead of just getting pointlessly annoyed by them. I always get very annoyed when somebody says that to me. And I mean, I think in terms of writing and in terms of our society as a whole, we maybe really need to just talk through things a lot more, right? So now that's what I'm doing with this show. I'm taking things that I have feelings about and I'm taking things that I have emotions about and I'm trying to talk through them, make sense of them and share them with you. And I'm not necessarily trying to convert you to my way of thinking. If you're a person who thinks that writers should write what they know or write from their own experience or if that helps you in your writing, then I'm not saying that that's wrong and trying to take that away from you at all. But this is you know, this is the way she sees it, the way I see it. And um, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I never quite understood it. And that's why I'm talking through it now. Um, obviously, when you're talking about this concept, you have to talk about cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation is something that is being recognized, I think, a lot more recently. And because I'm very young, I don't know what let's say, a pre-cultural appropriation society looks like, or, well, I mean, not pre-cultural appropriation, but pre the recognition of cultural appropriation. Like, in the uh, 50s and 60s and 70s, you would see movies that were offensive about other people's cultures, and watching them today, I'm like, oh my gosh, who decided to make this movie, and what were they thinking? But you know, I'm, I didn't grow up in that culture. I grew up in a culture that says you should respect other people's cultures. Um, and I mean, today there are still people that I feel don't do that, but it's become very much a push in modern society for all cultures have value and should not be treated offensively. And if you're not from a culture, you should not take things from that other culture and try to make it your own. Right. So um, so we have to talk about that in terms of writing. So I guess an argument in favor of the idea of write what you know is the concept that when people write outside their culture, they might make offensive stereotypes about another culture. Um, and then the follow-up question to that would be, well, what role does research play in this? So I love writing historical fiction and I love doing research. I've published two stories that were set in the American Revolution. Now, obviously, I <laughs> did not grow up in the American Revolution. No, um, I'm a time traveler. This podcast is about the adventures of a time-traveling woman, and I've come back from revolutionary America, and things are so much better here, so I'm staying instead of time-traveling back there when I can't vote. Um, no, I'm not 
really a time traveler. I wish it were. But um, obviously, when I was doing research into these stories, I had to do research for them. <laughs> so I couldn't just make it all up off the top of my head based on what I thought colonial America was like. I had to actually learn things about dress, things about speech dialect, all different kinds of things. And it was really interesting. And I used that in my stories. And, you know, maybe I didn't get everything 100% accurate, but it would be impossible for me to get it 100% accurate simply because I'm not from colonial America. And so the same thing goes for writing about another culture. If you're writing about another culture, I mean, first, hopefully you would research it extensively, um, but people reading it would have to come to it with the understanding that you weren't going to have it absolutely 100% perfect. And I guess another question would be, is it acceptable for somebody to write about another culture in a way that is more than just using it for literary purposes? Is it acceptable for somebody to actually write from the voice of someone in another culture? And I don't know the answer to that. I really am not sure what I would say about that. But I guess going back to American Gods, so Neil Gaiman is a British-American man and he writes about mythologies of other cultures like Norse mythology. And he writes about African mythology and Haitian mythology and all kinds of mythology. Um, Native American mythology. He writes about Greek mythology. He writes about all kinds of mythology. And, you know, I can't speak to whether all of them are accurate, but I can tell that he's researched Norse mythology extensively. And I know this because Neil Gaiman has literally written several books about Norse mythology. Um, and also because I have researched Norse mythology. Maybe not I guess I can't say I've researched it extensively, but I have researched it. And from the perspective of my research, it seems like he's pretty accurate. So in the terms of cultural appropriation, can you write about another culture after researching it? But then does this mean if, if we're if in this scenario I've created, if we're going by the rule that you can only write what you know, does researching it mean that you now know about it? I'll let you think about that because I'm throwing out a lot of questions here and I don't really have an answer for all of them. But that's what I want to do. I want to create a discussion and I want to make you think and I want to hear I want to hear what your thoughts are. So normally at this point in the show I will be stopping for a segment that I'm going to call the Midway Mention and it will be where I introduce you to something new that I've discovered this week. But I am recording this podcast at the beginning of the week, and it's going to be released on Friday. And I don't really have anything that I feel like talking about. And also, as this is the pilot episode, I'm probably not going to have as much structure as later episodes will, because I'm still trying to think through what the idea of this show is going to be. So we're going to skip the midway mention for now. And I will go back to what I was talking about before, which was cultural appropriation research and this concept that is the theme of the episode, that being to write what you know. Um, in terms of culture, writers often create a new culture, um, but often writers will take influence for their new culture from pre-existing cultures. Right, so an example of this would be the Lord of the Rings series, which is one of my favorite book series ever. <laughs> so you're learning a lot about me in this. I'm 
telling you all my favorite book series. So yeah, I guess an example of this would be the Lord of the Rings series, which is the culture of the Shire, of the hobbits who make up most of the narrative, is very much influenced by the culture that J.R.R. Tolkien grew up in. And that might not be a good example in terms of talking about cultural appropriation, um, because that was Tolkien's own culture, that of late 19th century England. Um, but let, let's move away from cultural appropriation for a minute and just talk about building cultures in fiction. Because the point of fiction, like I said earlier in this show, is to discuss things that don't exist and things that aren't real, um, but to maybe put a real and human experience within that. So we've never been hobbits living in the Shire, but we've all been in positions of fear and positions of powerlessness and confusion and we've had to find you know great courage in us and that's things that the hobbits experience throughout the lord of the rings so it takes an experience that is universal and sets it in a different universe wow that sounds really cool if i were famous that would be the kind of thing that hipsters would get tattoos of. <laughs> It takes, no, it takes an, a universal experience and puts it in a different universe. I mean, isn't that what fiction is? It's even if you're writing in 21st century America, you are still creating a different universe. You're still creating a scenario and a setting and people that don't exist and they come out of your mind and your experiences, I guess. So in that case, I guess I could understand this concept of write what you know if it's talking solely about the experience. Um, but if it's talking in terms of the other things, in terms of the people that you're building and the story that you're building and the setting that you're building, in that case, I wouldn't be able to agree with it because I would feel like that leaves no room for exploration if all that I'm doing is repackaging scenes and emotions from my own life and putting them into something that is just a fictionalized version of me. That's not what I want to do. I want to give myself to my writing. I don't want my writing to be me, if, if that makes any sense at all. Um, actually, I thought of something. When people say, write what you know, are they really saying, write what you feel? Because in that case, I think that that's a good advice to give to a young writer to write what you feel, to write what you think, and to explore that. that that, I think, is good advice for a new writer because, you know, when you're just starting out, your writing isn't going to be perfect and it's going to be messy and terrible and you'll someday find it at the bottom of your desk and go, why the heck did I write this? And I hope it never sees daylight because it's so bad compared to how you are now. But you have to start there. You can't start by being amazing. Even if you're born gifted, you have to learn. And I, actually, if somebody had told me when I first started writing, you know, HG, take the things you feel and write from that, then I probably wouldn't have ended up publishing that really terrible book that I wrote when I was 12. The world would have been spared from that. <laughs> um, I mean, some things are pretty universal, you know, loss, fear, that crippling anxiety that comes with a jolt in your stomach when someone cuts you off in traffic. I guess that's not universal if you haven't driven before. Um, but some things only writers can create. Writers are the only ones who can take these experiences and package them and look at them from all different angles and get inside of the heads of the people undergoing these experiences. And it's such a rare and 
beautiful thing for writers to be able to do that I feel like if you're only limited to the things that you know then you'll never be able to be a good writer but if you can write by channeling what you feel then maybe you can get somewhere but I mean at the same time I feel like that could maybe I feel (laughs) I'm so liberal I love talking about feelings that's why I started a podcast because I'm a liberal who wants to talk about her feelings um no, I, I guess that maybe if you can only write things that you've felt in your life, then that maybe could limit you. I mean, case in point, I've never been in love before. I've never had a relationship. I've never had um, a partner. I mean, I'm literally 17 years old. So does does that now mean that because I've never had the feeling of being in love that I can't put that into a character? And I guess I would say no, because I have felt love for people and strong connection to people um and so I feel like I would be able to write characters who are in love but I don't think I could adequately write a love story does that make sense I could touch on it on the surface but I don't think that I could actually use that to drive a story because I had zero experience with it um and in in that case I guess the rule of write what you feel would still apply I, I, I guess I guess so that's interesting I don't like the write what you know mantra. I find it kind of condescending and I think it's a bad thing to tell somebody who's just starting out because I think that then what you're really telling them is write about you and that's not what writers are supposed to do. You're not supposed to only write about yourself because that's limiting. Um, Then the, the boundaries of your life are limiting. That's why I became a writer, because I didn't want to be limited only by the things that have happened to me and the places that I've been and the people that I've met. You know, I wanted to create entirely new places and entirely new people and all these different things. And I didn't want to just be stuck in this box of my life, because my life is very short so far and it's very small and it exists in primarily one town that I sometimes leave and it does sort of feel limiting sometimes but if I can create something else then it's like the boundaries are gone and that's that's why I became a writer so I guess my final thought is I am not a fan of the write what you know mantra because I feel like when people say it if that is what they actually mean then they are mistaken but but if they're simply miswording the true idea that we should write what we feel then that that makes sense to me because I feel like that is something that is good advice for a starting writer and good advice for ongoing continuing writers to keep and to hold in practice now in terms of culture I believe that writers are supposed to talk about the culture around them and you know, experience that and channel it into their writing. I mean, some of the most powerful writing is a commentary on society or um, somebody taking uh, an experience and writing about it in a way that will influence the current culture. I mean, right now I'm reading Invisible Man by Rob Ellison, and that book is very well written and obviously an important reflection on culture. So I believe that writers should influence culture and should comment on culture and as somebody who grew up in a very unusual and rapidly changing culture i think that this is one of the best times for writers and i think that i 
feel like I have a unique perspective as a writer and all of the writers in my generation because we grew up in a post 9-11 world. We grew up in this, you know, rapidly changing climate of 21st century America. We're the first generation to be fluent in social media. We're the first generation to have full access to technology. Um, And we are just, you know, so young and just now coming beginning to come of age and so I think it's going to be really interesting to see the kinds of writers that we produce and I hope there will still be demand for writers um yeah that's that's all I have for now this is a really interesting project and I'm going to have a lot of hot takes for you guys very soon I also have a couple guest speakers lined up which I'm really really excited about And I'm hoping that I can connect to you guys and hear some of your thoughts and connect to you on social media or hear you commenting on my website because I'm really interested in exploring the way that I see it in this show and then hearing the way that you guys see what I'm talking about because I think that it's important for us to keep an open dialogue. (laughs) Dialogue, get it? Writer joke? Anyway, I will be back every Friday and the show should be a little bit more structured going forward but as this is the pilot, I just wanted to test out some new things. So that is it for me. Please subscribe and please, please, please leave us a review if you enjoyed this show. I'm H.G. Warner, and this is the way I see it. The Way She Sees It was created, written, produced, and engineered by me, H.G. Warner. Our logo art was created by Martina Kashnia. Our music was composed by H.G. Warner. To connect with us on social media, you can visit us on Twitter at WaySheSeesItPod or on Instagram at the way she sees it pod. Thanks for tuning in this week. I'll be back next Friday with another hot take. And until then, I don't have a tagline. <laughs>